Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. We love you so much. And um, can we just quickly stand to our feet and we're just going to honor Joel and pray for him. And yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, Lord, thank you so much uh, that we get to know your son, Joel. Thank you so much for bringing him and Max here. They're such an incredible family, and I pray that you would continue to just bless his family back home as well. I pray that you would continue to move in him and through him. Lord, we know that you have a word in him that you want to share, and it's amazing to see the call in his life. So thank you that he gets to be here with us today. We love you so much, Lord. Amen. All right, here you go. Thank you so much, bro. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to be with this church family where there's no snow. Man, it's a great spot. I love it here. It's really, it's a special place. And so we're thrilled to have you, be here with you, not have you. You're having me. That's how this works. And I brought my, my second son with me, Max, and uh, this boy is a joy. So if we're not telling knock-knock jokes, if you need a good joke and some, you know, little disconnect from, you know, society, this guy will hook you up with some jokes. Uh, but again, we're thrilled to be here. Andreas and Ermery, I just got a quick text from them today. It's so great to be here. They're in Minneapolis, so they're freezing just as much as I am in Alberta. So rock on. And uh, of course, we're just, again, it's such a wonderful family to be here. Happy New Year to you all. I didn't know that. I mean, you guys got some snow here, so you've been out for a little bit. So, well, welcome back. We're glad that you're back in the church, in the house. Amen. And what a beautiful church that it is. Don't you think? The person next to you, don't they look real good this morning? If you didn't think so, look at the next person on the other side. That might help a little bit and go, oh, that's a lot better. Thank you. And thank you for showering this morning. All of that contributes to a great service today. Awesome. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, my name is Joel. Um, my wife and I, we have a church. My wife is from Langley originally, and then I took her to God's country, Alberta. And uh, we've been pastoring a church there. It's almost been seven years now that we took a church over from my parents that they planted it in 1992. And so it's called Impact. And we've been there for quite some time. And it's just been a been great to see how the Lord has been working and moving in that area as well. So it's just, again, we're just joining forces. I'm just hooking up with what God has been doing here. And I'm excited to bring you something that's been stirring in my heart. Uh, so if you got your Bibles with you, I want you to just, you're going to be turning with me. And I know they'll have it on the screen, but it's also sometimes nice to see it on paper too. So you can actually see it in your Bible that it says the right thing. And uh, I want to just read to you just quickly a, a, a word or a prophecy that was given in 1980. Anybody alive in 1980? Oh, yes. Come on, anybody after 80s? Come on now. Hands drop real quick. Okay. But in 1980, there was a gentleman by the name of Kenneth E. Hagan. Uh, anybody heard of him? Uh, I've had the privilege of being able to go to some of his conferences when he was alive and I was a kid. That's where my parents took me a lot to their, uh, their camp meetings back in the summer. So it was hot outside, cold inside, and man, just to see what the Spirit of God, how he moved, was just amazing to me as a kid. And in 1980, I was not alive yet at that time, but in 1980, he gave a prophecy about the end times. And I want to just share a part of that with you as it kind of relates to, of course, the season that we as a church are in currently, but also, I think, just to prepare us for what's yet to come. So it says like this, that, uh, so this is the prophecy. The end of the age is coming upon this generation. The powers of darkness, the forces of evil are rampant as never before, and they will be increased in velocity and intensity. And even many Christians will see and look up to these things, and they will say, oh, there is no use. 
they'll throw up their hands in futility and say, well, I guess it's all over. We'll just have to hold on and pray for Jesus to come shortly because the devil is about to take over everything. But, says the Lord, in this day, I am searching the body of Christ to enlist soldiers. I'll raise up a new band. I'll raise up a new army who will know how to pray against the powers of darkness and the light will dispel the darkness and the truth will set men free and the prayer that breaks the bond that binds men's minds, spirits, and bodies. Yea, there are those who will learn to take their place hurriedly. It must be hurriedly, it must be. Quickly it must be that they learn that they enter in and quickly stand against the forces of darkness and evil that would try to come against the land, against the church, against the home, that would try and disrupt and destroy all that is good and all that God has endorsed. But the hand of the Lord is upon those who will listen and to the urge of God in the spirit, to those who are attentive, they will pray. The spirit of God will help you to pray. Do not try it on your own. Though there must be labor on your part, yet at the same time, rest in him. Let the spirit flow through you like a river, like a mighty wave, let it flow through you. Give vent to those innermost groanings. Let them escape from your lips. Take the time to get alone and wait. Sometimes not even saying anything, but on the inside of you, there is an agonizing. There is a flowing out of your spirit by the Holy Spirit to the great spirit, the father of spirits, and you will be sustained. You shall be kept, and your family and your home will be sure and stand fast, and your children shall grow up strong and faithful in the Lord, and they shall have no fear. Hoorah. I don't know what you, but when I read that, I go, let's go, church, let's go. I don't think there's anything weak about the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, there should be nothing weak in the church. Am I, am I in the right house this morning? That's what I'm talking about. So... This, this morning, what I want to share with you, just some things. I'm not here to give you, in 2023, this is what it is. I, I don't always go with all that. I just really find out, Lord, what's not the new word? What's the now word? What's the season that we need to be attentive of? And as I was just spending some time in prayer, really just on my own self and on behalf, just, just the church, Lord, where, what do you see? What do we need to be mindful of? And just the Lord brought me to this verse in Hebrews chapter 13. And I want you to turn there with me for a moment. Uh, verses 5 and 6. Again, scriptures that you've probably heard many times, but I want to bring it to your attention again today. And really, the song that the worship team, that third one, that they said it was really hard, but a lot of fun, but really hard, I, I, I really liked it. That was, that was wonderful. Is that just, is that made up? Is that you guys did that? You wrote that? Shoot, that's good. Well, whatever it came from is, I like it a lot. So in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, if we have that on the screen, I don't know if we do, but verse 5 and 6, I want to read it to you in the Amplified. Yeah, there's, I can't read that, so I'm going to go here. So it says, let your character, moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and what you have. For he, now God himself, now whenever God speaks, there's always a response on your and my part. So I want you to see, this is what God has said. Are you ready? We're talking God, the Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth. What has he said? I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not. How many will nots is that? That's three. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Thank you, Lord. So that's his word. Now, I'm thankful that the Lord doesn't have to make a, a New Year's resolution and go, oh, I'm going to commit to doing this this year. 
my year, 2023, I'm going to commit to doing this. Thank you, Lord. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so now our response is, verse 6, and because this is what he said, so we take comfort, we are encouraged, and we can confidently and boldly say, church, what do we say? The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can men do to me? So what I sense just in my heart for 2023, again, nothing new, things that you've probably seen and heard, is that 2023 will continue, just natural things will continue to be shaken. And because of these shaking things, whether it's the economy, whether it's the political realm, whether it's the educational realm, whatever may have you, we know this earth is being shaken. It took really about six months for this earth, all of the creation to be brought to its knees in 2020 that we realized. So it doesn't take a whole lot for things to be shaken, Correct. So now with this, I bet I know this in my heart that the kingdom of darkness is going to stir up the world to look to blame someone for these natural things taking place. And guess who's going to get the blame? It's the church. The church is going to get the blame because of who you stand for, of whose you belong to, and the truth from the word of God that you live on. That's, that's normal, right? That's, we can see that. So I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Don't worry, we're going to go a little bit, oh, and then we're going to get excited here in just a sec. I want to just lay a foundation for a little bit. Because you've got to see, we have to be knowledgeable. In 2 Timothy 3, really the Apostle Paul is warning the church what the end times will be like. In verse 1, he says that the culture is going to be extremely fierce. So don't be surprised when we see the world is nuts out there, is it not? It is nuts with a capital N. They're crazy out there, and it's going to get worse and worse on their side. So we shouldn't be surprised or shocked by that because it's been prophesied nearly 2,000 years ago. Now look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. This is the Apostle Paul again talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, Timothy, the same persecutions and difficulties I have endured, you also have endured. Yes, you know all about what I had to suffer while at Antioch, Iconum, and Lystra. You're aware of all the persecution I endured, yet the Lord delivered me from every single one of them. Go on to the next verse, verse 12. He says, for all who choose to live as godly worshipers of Jesus, the anointed one, will also experience what? So first of all, what choice are you making? Are you choosing to live a godly, worshipful life? How many is that in the, in the house? All right, so 50%. The other 50, we're... we're, we're we're making a decision. This is the choice that we're making. I'm choosing to live my life to serve the Lord. I'm choosing to live a life that reverences and fears the Lord. That's us, correct? So guess what the promise is for you because you're choosing to go that route? Persecution. It's automatic. It's going to be part of the package. But thank God the Lord delivers you and I from out of it. Now, as I was, uh, this is what I was so excited about. But what do we do when there's all this natural shaking, when this persecution comes? I believe this. It's time for the church to get aggressive in their depending upon God. Aggressive on it. And another way the Lord said it to me, it's, it's time really that the church become resilient. Resilient. No more wimpy washing. Oh, just things just so hard and hard. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that. No, it's time for the church to, you know, Put on your big boy pants, and let's start believing God hard. When the world gets more nuts, what do we do? We believe him even harder. 
What does that look like? And we'll get into that. But I want you to see now, this is, as I was praying, I have not studied this verse, but the Lord brought this Isaiah 51 to my heart. And I want to show you what God's perspective is on some of these things. Isaiah 51 and verse 7 in the New Living, or yeah, Bible, it says here, Listen to me, you who know right from wrong, you who cherish my law in your hearts, don't be afraid of people's scorn, nor fear their insults. For the moth will devour them as it devours clothing. The worm will eat at them as it eats wool. But my righteousness will last forever. My salvation will continue from generation to generation. Verse 9, wake up, wake up, O Lord. Clothe yourself with strength. Flex your right, mighty right arm. Everybody enjoy when God flexes. Watch out. He says, rouse yourself as in the days of old when he slew Egypt, the dragon of the Nile. Are you not the same today, the one who dried up the sea, making a path of escape through the depths of, so that your people could cross over? Those who, have ne- uh, those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem, singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Now look at this. Look at the Lord's talk here, verse 12. I, yes, I am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? Yet you have forgotten the Lord, your creator, the one who stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundation of the earth. Will you remain in constant dread of human oppressors? Our answer is? Come on, church, what do we say? Oh, maybe? No. Will you continue to fear the anger of your enemies? No. Where is their fury and anger now? It is gone. Soon all you captives will be released. Imprisonment, starvation, and death will not be your fate. For I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea, causing its waves to roar. My name is the Lord of heaven's armies. And I have put my words in your mouth and hidden you safely in my hand. I stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundation of the earth. I am the one who says to Israel, you are my people. In verse 17, I don't know if I have that in the... So here it is in the Message Bible. Wake up. Oh, this is, sorry, New Living. Wake up, wake up, Jerusalem. In the Message paraphrase, it says it like this. So wake up, rub the sleep from your eyes, get up on your feet. Now, church, I believe the call, really the season that we're getting into, I believe, yeah, just as much as you're going to see the enemy, of course, coming against the church like we've not seen before, well, it's time that the church, rather than, you know, taking it on the chin constantly, we stand up and start declaring the goodness of God, start declaring who he is, what he's able to do, and not be wimpy shy about it, but be resilient in who our God is. And the result is, is we're going to see God move on our behalf. So I laid a quick foundation for us, but what do we do? How do I get up? How do I rub this sleep from my eyes? Really, what that that sleep is, is just, it's a muddled vision. Maybe some of you woke up this morning and had to get all that crushies out of your eyes, because what is it doing? It's blurring vision. So what God's doing is getting that spiritual apathy, get that stuff out of your eyes, and it's time to get up, church, time to rise up, because your God is moving on our behalf. So now, how do I get up? How do I become resilient? Again, the answer to this is I need to be aggressive in depending on God. Grace demands a dependency upon God. So I have this morning to share with you three continues. This is the word that the Lord gave me as I was spending time praying for, for the service together was just this simple word, continue. Anybody ever gone to an arcade before? 
kind of sort of like, you know, Castle Fun Park is a great one in Abbotsford. That's where we're, we, we're, we like going there. We take the kids there. And every once in a while, when you play those, some of those games or you watch your kids play, uh, is that all of a sudden, like, you've got to put on all a bunch of loonies, right? They take about a ton of loonies. Used to be quarters back in my day, but now they're a bit more expensive. But now we're putting these things in, and what does it give you? Credit to play the game. And what happens when all of a sudden, like you, you know, you run out of the, run out of gas, or you get shot a bunch of times, whatever it is, what happens? It says game over, and right after it goes continue, and it's got 30, 29, 28, and that's clearly you're panicking, trying to find loonies so you can continue to the game. And what are you doing? You have to take those loonies and you have to insert them back into the game in order to pick up right where you left off. Well, I believe the word for you this morning is we have to put now back in some spiritual loonies back into our deposit so we can get up and start continuing again. God has brought you this far. Why would you just end it here? Why would you throw up your hands in futility and say, well, I guess it's all over. We just got to hold on and pray because it looks like the devil's going to take everything over. Not us at Life Church. No way, Jose. What are we going to do? We are going to continue. So I want to share with you three things to put some loonies back into your being, so to speak. The first continue is this. Continue in the truth that you have been taught. Say it with me. Continue in the truth that I've been taught. Now let's go here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, just right where we were. And the Apostle Paul, again, he's talking about all the things that have happened. But he said, the Lord delivered me out of them all. And he said, hard times are going to come to all those that worship God or go after God. So he says this in verse 13. He said, evil men and sorcerers or deceivers, they're going to progress from bad to worse, deceived and deceiving as they lead people. What are they doing? Further and further from the truth. So what do we do? What's the call? Verse 14, he says, yet you must, come on, say the C word with me. Come on, say it like you mean it, church. Continue. Yes, you must continue. Listen, these are the last words of the Apostle Paul to his spiritual son. Whenever you're listening to somebody's last words, you want to really take heed to what they're saying. Do you not? So Paul is really encouraging. This is what's going to happen in the end times. This is what's going to happen in these last days. And we're seeing it around us constantly. It's being bombarded by all the natural disasters, by all the things that are happening, the evil that has gone rampant in the world. What do we do? Throw up our hands? No, he says you must continue to advance. How? In strength with the truth wrapped around your heart. Being assured of the one who you've been taught from these things. Verse 15, remember what you were taught from your childhood from the Holy Scrolls, which can, now notice what the word of God can do. This is why it's important that we continue in the things that we have been taught. We continue in these things because they are able to impart to you wisdom. Do you see it? Wisdom to what? Experience everlasting life. What am I supposed to experience? Everlasting life. Everlasting life doesn't just mean your length of days. It means quality of days. Every human being on this planet is going to live forever. Why? Because you are a spirit being. What you do with Jesus determines where you spend eternity. When you embrace Jesus and all that he teaches, you embrace his sacrifice, you believe the blood that was spilled for you, you become a child of God. Your eternity is taken care of in him. 
But how you live on this earth now is going to be determined how much you continue in the word so you can experience everlasting life. Everlasting life, again, is not just how long you live. It's the quality of life that you have. It's the quality of life that you experience as Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus said this in John 17.3. He said that to, uh, this is eternal life, to know you, the God, the Father, who sent his son Jesus Christ, to know him intimately. What is everlasting life? It's to know and experience this God regularly. So this year, coming into this year, God's not interested in you just playing religion. Doing church things, playing church things. This is supposed to be a Monday through Monday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week relationship where we are constantly with him every moment of every single day. This is the quality of life that Jesus paid a tremendous price to get to you. Not just Sundays, not just once in a while. Oh, I felt a goosebump on that. He's looking for a continuous relationship. You know, me and my wife, when we're texting, we always have those dot, dot, dots. You see that when you're texting? When somebody's replying, that thing constantly is there. Jamie and I, we are constantly got this text thing going on because it's not like, okay, bye, and then we don't speak to each other for a long time. It is a continual message all the time. I get updates on everything. I'm going upstairs now. She really loves me. In fact, she's, if she's, watched, she's really obsessed with me, and whatever. <laughs> Moving right along, that's our love life. Verse 16. God has transmitted his very substance into every scripture, for it is God-breathed. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be, a, be God's servant, fully mature, and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. Why must we continue in the truth that we've been taught? Because God's word imparts wisdom to you and I to experience the God kind of life. You know, one thing that I'm finding for myself is I'm not looking to, I got to memorize a bunch of scriptures, then I'm spiritually growing. Sometimes I think Christians are 300 scriptures overweight. What do I mean by that? They're just looking for scripture here, scripture there, scripture this. And all that they're doing is looking for better ways to debate somebody and how stupid they are. The Bible says this, Bible says this. But the Bible isn't used to be a better debater. The Bible is supposed to be who I come in contact with regularly, and it's supposed to change me from the inside out. So I'm not going to get 300 scriptures overweight this year. I want the word of God to get so deeply impacted on the inside of me that it becomes when something squeezes or when the circumstances or pressures of this world squeeze me, what comes out of me is not, ow, I hate this. Why is this happening to me? Out comes, thank God that he's with me. I want the word to be in me so much that no matter what squeezes me, out comes the word. So when you're squeezed, what comes out of you? That determines what's in you. So we have to continue. I know this isn't a very sexy sermon where we're looking for, oh, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. But you start doing these things, it'll start changing your life drastically. Then you'll be running around the room. What we're looking for is I don't want just to have the, yay, this is all great. I want to have something that's going to sustain me so I can go further in my walk with God and not fall when the chaos comes. So say it with me, continue in the truth that I've been taught. Number two now, the second continue is this. Continue, ready? It's going to be so deep. In the word. <gasps> we have to tell Christians again to get back to their Bible. Yes. 
we got to get back to regular Bible reading again. Why? Because the word of God is what sets us apart. Look at this in John chapter 8, verse 31. He says this, Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, when you, the C word, come on, y'all, what's the C word? Continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. Verse 32, for if you embrace the truth, it, the truth, will release freedom into your lives. The Greek word for truth is reality. So embracing the reality of Christ, what does it do? It releases freedom into your and my life. So a lot of times I hear this said quite often as a pastor, I need freedom from. I'm just looking for freedom in this. I need freedom from that. I need freedom from so-and-so. You know, it is not a freedom issue. It's a continuing issue. I need freedom in this. No, 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 no. What you're doing is you're trying to religiously look for some ways to kind of break out of a cycle that you've been stuck in for many, many years. What you need is to continue in the word. Why? Because the word takes the responsibility to set you free. You are not responsible to living free. You don't know how. Anybody ever try that religiously speaking? If I just do this, if I pray this hard, if I sing this song, if I jump this high, if I give this much, if I serve this much, then God, you'll be able to move on my behalf. That is all garbage. None of that means anything. What matters is, is that you've embraced the truth or you've seen the reality of what Christ has done. That alone sets you free. When you see it, those days are over. All those hidden little sins that nobody wants to talk a little bit about, we do them in the back corner in the dark that nobody understands. When you start embracing the truth, start taking in the truth, continuing. It's not just occasionally once in a while doing it. It's continuing day in, day out in the word of God. It gives God now access to do what he does best, which is set people free. So it's not a freedom issue that you're dealing with this morning. What is it? It's a continuing issue. And that's why Jesus told you and I, I you must continue in all that I teach. For when you continue in what I teach... When you get the reality of who I am, when you get the reality of the finished work of the cross, when you see what I've done on your behalf, it'll make you free. Woo! I don't know about you, man. This is good stuff. This isn't religion. Christianity begins with God, what God has done for you, not something you do for him. This whole relationship is one-sided, and you and I simply just go, I thank you for it. I believe. I receive it. You can't earn any of this stuff. So why are you starting now? Stop it. Look at your neighbor and say, stop it. Slap him. Stop it. What am I going to do? Continue in the word. Come on, say it with me. Continue in the word. It sounds easy, yet to do it takes discipline. It requires effort. It requires going, Lord, I'm coming to your word today to see what, you, what you're doing on my behalf. Now, destruction and captivity is the result of not knowing him. So I want you just to look at these scriptures real quickly here with me. Hosea 4, 6, it says this. I'm going to just show you the top part. My people are being destroyed. Why? Because they don't know him. Can you see that? Why are they being destroyed? Oh, 
I'm doing stupid in this. I'm doing bad in this. No, no, no. You don't know him. And he's talking, who's God talking to? He's talking about his people. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13. Same type of scenario. He's saying, so my people will go into exile far away because they do not know me. This is why. So why am I stuck in these addictions? Why am I stuck in this behavior? Why am I stuck in the same cycle continuously? It's because you don't know him. <gasps> That's mean. It's truth. That's the problem. Oh, no, I, it's because, you know, it's something I inherited from my family. You have got to stop putting that blame on to somebody else and start looking and going, you know what? I don't know the Lord in this situation right here. What do I need to do? I need to know him. And how do I know him? I know him through his word. The word is the only access point I have to God. It's God's access to me. This is how God speaks to me is through his word. So for this morning, some of you that are feeling kind of stuck, God is ready to unstuck you, but first of all, you have to give him access. And what's the access point? His word. Just stick with it. Just stick with it. Where do I begin? Just start somewhere in Ephesians and just start reading and start reading and let those in him verses, let the reality of who God says you are, all of a sudden, boom, blow up in your mind and you see, I've been loved from before the foundation of the world. It'll rock your socks off. It'll change everything about you, but you have to continue in it. Now, God in his mercy, Psalm 107, verse 20, God in his mercy and grace, he gave us the answer to get us out of our mess and out of captivity. What did he do? Can we read? He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them away from the door of death. So what does God use to get you out of the captivity, to get you out of that stuckness? He sent his word to snatch you from the door of death. Don't just think physical death. Death can mean depression, anxiety. All of these things is, so, is death to your soul. Is that God's perfect will for you and I? No. So what did God do? He gave his word to snatch that junk out from you and I. This is good news. The word that you have on your lap is more than just a pretty book on your table. It is a life-giving word that when embraced and seen the reality of, it'll change your life forever. When there isn't biblical knowledge, a lie will always try to kick in. So if I don't have the word of God penetrating regarding anything, finances, health, joy, peace, you name it. If I don't have the word of God on it, a lie will always try to come and substitute what I believe. That's why this world is constantly bombarding on every kind of platform you can imagine to try to get information to you. There are fact checkers all over the planet to try to get you some kind of information that they want you to believe. This is the only thing that I need that I need to believe is what God says and I hold on to that. That will keep my soul from going nuts. If I'm going to just constantly watch CNN, watching Fox News or ABC, NMSBC, all those BCs, if I'm, not, if I'm just staying, spending, spending all my time intaking all of that, my depression is self-inflicted. So what do I need to do to stack out of that? I have to get to the word and continue in that word because the reality of Jesus is so much bigger than what we're temporarily seeing here. You know, the good news about God is God fixed stupid by sending his word. Did you know there's an antidote for stupid? It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Okay. I can't, I can't dance for you right now. I have to finish my message. I have a few minutes left. So number one, why must I continue in the word of God? Because 
Freedom is the result of continuing. You're looking, oh, man, you must really be so anointed walking in freedom. No. You know what it is? You just continued in the word. You are anointed to walk free. That's God's call on your life. It's his will that you walk in freedom. Why? He gave you his word. If God wanted you bound, if God wanted you to be depressed, he would have not given you his word. And you just have to figure it out down here. But he sent his word, and his word healed, and it snatched us from the door of death. Number two, why else must I continue in the word? Number two is this, the strong foundation. Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49, in the Message Bible, it says it like this. Why are you so polite with me, always saying, yes, sir, and that's right, but never doing a thing I tell you? These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. He goes on to say this in verse 47. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on the bedrock. When the, now notice what it says, when, not if, when. Can you see that? When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing, say it with me, nothing or no thing could shake it. Can you see that? Nothing can shake it. I'm talking about a 2023 and no shaking for me. That rhymed. It must be. No, I'm just kidding. Nothing could shake it. It was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation, and when the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards, and it was a total loss. So the choice is up to you and I. The, the passion paraphrase says it like this in verse 49, which of these two builders will you be? The major difference between these two individuals is their relationship to the rock. That's the difference. Want to hear the secret of the wise man? The wise man who built his house on the rock? Are you ready for the secret? The secret is this. His house shares the same strength as the rock. Who's the rock? We know that to be Jesus, his word. Jesus is storm proof. His word is storm proof. You don't see Jesus going, man, 2023, shoot, what do we do here? It's going crazy. It looks nuts out there. Oh, and he's all over the map. He is storm-proof. No matter what comes his way, he is consistent. He's still standing. When all the dust settles there, you will continue to see Jesus standing in the midst of the storm, solid. And the secret now to the wise guy, you want to know what it is again? We just said he shares that same strength as the rock because his relationship to the rock is based on the word. Woo! All right. We build our life for the storms. The dumb guy that we see up here, he simply is praying and constantly hoping or wishing that there's no storms of life. His, the only way that he lives and succeeds is if there's never a storm in life ever again. He's building his life for the sandy days. Now, as we know, is that going to be possible? No, because storms come no matter what the season may be. They will always come. So it's impossible for this dumb guy who just hears the word and doesn't act on it. It's not going to work for him in any kind of way. Correct? We see that? So what do we do? We build our life for the storms. God's will, as I said, is regardless of the storm that comes my way, his word, when believed and acted upon, 
takes the responsibility to carry it out in your and my life. I don't have to make the word work on my behalf. Can you see this? Yo, church, can we see this? When you see everything we just read in Luke chapter 6, right, or Luke chapter 7, when I believe what he said, Jesus said, those who hear my word, and they believe it, get it on the inside of them, he now becomes responsible for carrying out that word that I heard. That's good news. You and I are trying to be strong in our own self. We're not just trying to make it through the 2020s. You and I, we are basically depending on the rock entirely with our existence. Everything he has, I have because I'm connected to the rock. Everything the rock is belongs to me. So my job is to just get on the rock. Can we see how simple Christianity is? Religion is where everything gets screwed up. Religion goes, you have to do this. You have to act like that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Sing like this, but don't sing like that. Religion sucks. Religion makes no sense. It's you trying to get on the rock. You trying to be rocky and tough yourself when Jesus says you can't. So stop it. What's your job? Get on the rock. And that's the only job that I have is to continue in the word so that I stay on the rock. And the rock's job is to uphold me through any storm or trial that may come my way. That's the rock's job, not my job, not my wife's job, not my finances job. It's my job. Jesus said, my job is to take care of you. And lastly, so number one is continue in the word that you've been taught. Number two is to continue in the word. And number three is to continue to follow him. Colossians chapter two, look at this, verse six and seven. He says, now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must, can you see must is always connected to this word continue? You must continue to follow him. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. What does this mean? It means that Jesus dictates my life. When I'm following, what does that mean? I am not leading. If he's in front, that means I'm behind. Moment when my life gets a little messed up is when I get out in front of him and I start dictating this is how things are going to go. This is where I need to be. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to plan. I'm out of here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop doing that. Let him direct that. And I find that so much, and especially now, listen, I've been pastoring, youth pastor for nine years, and now I've been adult pastoring for seven, if that makes sense. I don't know. But you see that a lot is going, you know what, I'm out of here. Oh, why? Well, so-and-so didn't say hi to me. Sorry, What? Well, so-and-so, they just went, man, I had a really rough Sunday. They just, they weren't being very kind to me. You're leaving because someone didn't say, hi. I just want you to see, I know it's very petty, but it's so simple that the enemy will do everything he can to throw something at you to go, well, they weren't very kind to me. Oh, they sing that song again. Why can't Pastor, Pastor Bishing a little bit louder? Why can't he be a little bit more jumpy on stage? Really? Really? This is what's moving people around, and you're wondering why all hell breaks loose and the loss is total when you see their lives. Why? Because you're calling the shots. You're getting moved by any kind of whim, any kind of, not even talking a storm. We're just talking a, and meanwhile, people are just, well, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this took place. And all that happened was a, 
Are you kidding me? Stay put. Don't let anything, anyone, any devil, nobody saying hi to you, let none of that move you from your position. Because when God says, I need you here, he's got a purpose and a word that you need to hear at the right place at the right time. Part of success that I see from all the success stuff is actually just showing up. Did you know that? I even know that as a, being a dad. I got four little kids. One of the ways in just being a successful parent is just showing up for your kids. Even the fact that you came here on opening Sunday, after having a couple of weeks and a couple of crazy storms, it's raining out, I don't feel like going anymore. Did the Lord say that? <laughs> Lord have mercy. We wouldn't be having church ever in Alberta if it says, if it snows, don't go to church. Are you kidding me? We'd be stuck forever. So what do we do, Lord? What are we doing here? Get your butt there. Get going. Why? Because I got a word for you. Oh, I can just receive it at home. I can just get it at home. Listen, no, you can't. Because when the corporate body is together, there is an anointing that all of y'all and we all bring together. There's never been a service like this ever before. Yeah, I felt the same thing. It's going to happen next week again. No, 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 no. You don't understand when the anointings, you all carry an anointing and a grace on your life that when you come, you are pulling things off of the worship team. You're pulling things out of the speaker. Whatever it may be, you are greatly involved. So you're able to pull things out and go, hey, I need that word right there. I could have gotten online. No, you couldn't have. You may have gotten a cup of coffee at that exact moment. All of a sudden, oh, I got to go pee. Sit down. You pee in your pants if you have to. <laughs> I say this all with all due respect. In love, I, this is how I was trained, and so I'm doing this even to my kids. If you got to pee, you don't care. Put a diaper on before you go to church. Why? I'm not missing what the word has to say. The word is talking. Do you see how loosey-goosey we got when Jesus speaks? People stayed there for days to hear the word of the Lord. Meanwhile, we got people just peeing all over the place because they got, I have to do this. I got to do this. I need a sip of water. Really? When the man or woman of God is speaking and you go, I need a sip of water at that moment. I've seen it happen countless times. That was a word for somebody. All of a sudden I look back and go, why are they out of the broom? You missed what God was saying because we're so... Oh, whatever. I'll hear it again next week. Or I can listen to it again online. You miss the apocal Greek word is the apocal moment. That precise moment in your life, you needed to hear a word. And one word from God can change your life forever. So you being here this morning, well done. That's part of the resilient church. Y'all, I'm, I'm finishing off. I'm done. I see 1121. I, I see that. I'm, I'm done. If the, if the piano guy, if there's a... If there's a usually that's my cue to shut up Joel sit down type of thing so but those what we're talking about is allow him to lead allow him to be up front and this last verse actually I got two more verses to show you and then I'm done Colossians 2 8 why must I continue to follow him look at this in the passion Bible Colossians 2 8 it says it like this beware ready say it with me beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're actually filled with endless arguments of human logic. What we live now is an information age. You know that. You can Google anything and get bazillion things for that one search. 2 Timothy 3 actually talks about people constantly on this treadmill of, or of, of knowledge. And what happens, the problem with that is you actually never get to truth. It just leads you more and more. I need more wisdom on this. I need more wisdom on that. You can search COVID from now till Jesus comes back and go, well, there's a new variant over here. There's a new variant. No, 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 no. Stupid. 
all sounding wise in their own eyes, yet they become dull, the Bible says. You become and act as a fool. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgment based on the mindset of this world system and not on the anointed truth of the anointed one. So all this human logic, it's there to pull you away from what Jesus is saying. So that's why everything that you are presented with, regardless if it's maybe just a natural thing, whatever it is, present and say, Jesus, this is what I'm hearing. What do you say about this? And allow him to even change the way that you think. And you may go, I actually have to lay that thought down. Lord, I'll take up your mind and I'll take it from here. Thank you, Lord, I received that. The way forward is humility. There's no way forward in the kingdom of God besides living through humility. And my last verse is this. It's found in Isaiah 52.10. As we get up and we continue, God will move on our behalf. And I want you just to see the very last part of this thing here. Um, You see the capital G-O-D? Now look at the one underneath it. It says, God has rolled up his sleeves. All the nations can see his holy muscled arm. Everyone from one end of the earth to the other sees him at work. What is he doing? His saving work. You and I, church, it's time that we continue to push what Jesus began 2,000 years ago. We got to push it to the end. How? By becoming resilient. Get up off your apathetic laziness and going, I just is so wrong. I don't get what this world is going through. Forget what all this, when you see what God's doing, you can actually get a different picture entirely. The world is talking this, 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 and it's crazy. And it's pushing people so far that rather than seeing doom and gloom, I am starting to see getting different eyes going, what an opportunity the church has now. The world has pushed, the devil almost overplayed his hand so much that it is ludicrous and what's going on. So guess what? It's an amazing opportunity for the gospel of Jesus to go forward boldly, to start proclaiming the good news, the truth of what grace has done for you and me. We have live it in the best days. We get a God who's now rolling up his sleeves and he's flexing his mighty arm, ready to show off how good, how kind, how loving he is, but he needs a church to work through. So why not in all of Ladner, why not Life Church be that church? Why not in all of BC, Western Canada, Life Church be that church? You got, you got it. So what do we do? We just yield ourselves to him. Amen. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Lord, since you said it, we believe it. And Father, we thank you that we will continue to be men and women who go after your word, who go after your presence, because Jesus, your presence is what changes us. Your presence is what makes us different from all the natural world that's out there. So we thank you, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you are watching over your word to perform it in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Thank you, everyone. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.